now streaming on Paramount Plus. Gather your besties. We are very exclusive. And get ready. Mom, go make snacks. For sure, Regina. Yeah. For the movie that hits like a bus in a good way. No one dies. Mean Girls. Made at PG 13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Good morning. It's Monday, April 18th, and you're listening to the College Football Daily. I'm your host, Chris Hummer, and I hope everyone had a great holiday weekend. Today, we'll be joined by new TCU head coach, Sonny Dykes. I went to Fort Worth to speak with Coach Dykes in his office, so excuse slight audio issues. About his transition from SMU to TCU, his vision for what he's long called a top 15 program in college football, and what is shaping up to be a very interesting quarterback battle in Fort Worth. Here's Coach Dykes. I don't know if you remember, but I sat in your office at SMU in 2018, and at the time... We were talking about TCU and what they had built. And you called TCU a top 15 job in college football at the time. How does it feel to be here now? Well, I mean, I, I always had a lot of kind of respect and admiration for the way that they built this you know, football program and really the university uh, in a lot of ways. You know, it was a gradual, slow process. Uh, you know, I think the funny thing about, about people when it comes to successful programs, it's like there's always that debate, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Is it the investment in the program that happens and then the success happens, or is it the success that happens and then the investment? Most of the time, if the success happens and then the investment happens, well, here it kind of all worked at the same time. You know what I mean? They had a, you know, when Coach Franchione came here, they, they had some success and, you know, had that big Sun Bowl win you know, against USC that I kind of think really in a lot of ways gave TCU some credibility that it needed. And then, and then obviously, you know, when he moved on and Gary get the program and just the stability of it all. And then kind of the investment took place at that point. So it, anyway, it's, I think it's been fun to see. I mean, look, it's a, it's a big 12 school that has top down support, you know, from the chancellor on down. Um, and it's in, it's in DFW. So because of that, I mean, I just think there's just a, a great opportunity here. I've just always believed that. And so it's, you know, and, and there's a lot of people that really care about the program. And, and so there's, you know, you have resources here that you don't have some other places. And, you know, there's great fan support. And Fort Worth's such a great town to live in. So you just kind of sit down and you say, okay, what makes a great football program? You know, so much of it's just having access to players. And you certainly have that here. I don't remember where I heard you say this, but it was recently. You talked about a reason why you wanted to be a high school coach originally. Um, yeah. Coming out. Yeah, I didn't, didn't want to move. You didn't want to move. <laughs> yeah. How do you, is this the type of job where you don't think you'll ever have to move again? Yeah, I mean, that's my hope. I think that was that was the thing. I mean, look, I I really loved my time at SMU and, and loved living there. It's just such a great place to live and such a great university. And I had so much respect for, you know, for everybody over there. And, we, you know, we built something pretty cool and something that we felt like we could sustain. But at the same time, you know, I think I think I would have always kind of said, well, well, you know, maybe I should have done this or do that. And I think, you know, in your career, that's what you want to do is you want to just have no regrets. And so, you know, the Big 12, I've always, I, I grew up around the Big 12 and the Southwest Conference. And just it's just meant a lot to me personally to have a chance to coach in this league against you know, against some of the best schools in the country and, you know, compete at the very highest level. So, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I, I think I felt that way at SMU as well. You know, just, hey, look, this is a place where I could stay forever. But at the end of the day, this was just too good of an opportunity to pass up. The two jobs are very different, SMU and TCU, conference, talent that you can acquire and everything else. But you created quite a successful blueprint um, branding around Dallas there. Um, how much, I've, I've seen some of it already, but how much of what y'all did there in terms of targeting the DFW area can you lift and have success with here? You know, I think, I think we, we, we think a lot, you know, because 
so much of having success is, you know, we talk about kind of the three pillars or the three, you know, critical elements that, that give you success in a football program. It's, you know, talent acquisition, whether it's coaches or players, uh, being able to, to hire good people and, and keep them. Uh, and that was, again, one of the things that, you know, was tough about being in the uh, American Conference was you just, you know, you got your, your players, or excuse me, you got your coaches rated every year. You know what I mean? It was one of those things where it just was like every year, you know, half our coaching staff would have other job offers, which is hard to hold on to really good people. And that became a little bit tedious uh, with that. But, but you know, talent acquisition, you know, being able to, to recruit players in, in that are, you know, local uh, DFW kids and so much of you know then kind of going back to what I was saying earlier the three things are you know talent acquisition player development and then culture you know I think are the three most important things and again number one being talent acquisition and, and recruiting so much about relationships and what's great is you know we can get kids on our campus all the time because they're local you know they have to drive 20 minutes to come over and watch practice one morning or uh, you know 30 minutes or you know down the street whatever the case may be you know they can jump in their car and get around our program, get to know us as, as people and our players personally and, you know, see what our what our culture is all about and see how they fit. And, you know, as as the recruiting stuff cycles through, I mean, we're, you know, we're getting so many young kids through now, 24s, and starting to build relationships with those young kids. And so it's going to make a, a big difference in recruiting, I feel like. And, again, I think that's – I think our coaches do a good job of, of building those relationships with those players, and, and uh, that's part of kind of who, we're, who we are and what we're all about. We'll hear more from TCU head coach Sonny Dykes right after this. If you want to win your fantasy football league, it starts right now. The offseason is the best time to get ahead of the competition. We'll help you win your league on the Fantasy Football Today podcast, part of CBS Sports Podcast Network. Fantasy Football Today has three episodes every week following the latest news, giving you early rankings, early sleepers, breakouts, and busts. So if you're a dedicated fantasy football manager, check out the most dedicated podcast, Fantasy Football Today. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. Spring training is in full swing, and fantasy baseball draft season is upon us. That means you need to join us on Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every Monday through Saturday for six pods per week throughout the month of March. We'll break down the latest news, spring training updates, players to target, and much more in just five minutes. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. I would be doing a disservice to my industry if I didn't ask about quarterbacks for a second. How's the competition? It's good. Yeah, it's good. You know, I think we've got we've got you know four quarterbacks we feel good about. I think you know, and they're all relatively young. I mean, Max Max has played a lot of football, but he's got two years of eligibility still because of you know twenty twenty have getting that year back, and Chandler's got four years of eligibility. You know, and then Sam Jackson's a really young, talented guy who's got four years, and Josh Hoover's got four years. So we've got guys that are. That are um, that are young and it's it's fun. I mean, it's fun to see those guys uh, develop and literally you can tell practice to practice. You know, you can see improvement and you can tell that they're understanding things and, and making better decisions and executing at a higher level. And so, I mean, it's going to be a good competition. You know, I think that it, it's kind of unique. Again, Max has just played a lot of football. 
and he's got a great skill set. He's got a big arm. He's a really good runner. He's really tough. I had a ton of respect for him, you know, coaching against him, just the way he played and the way he competed. And so anyway, he's done a really good job. And then Chandler, you know, Chandler was kind of born to run this kind of offense. You know, he was just raised you know, doing it at Highland Park and with, you know, and his dad coaching him and just kind of growing up around a lot of the same concepts that we run. Um, and so, you know, he just looks like he's so comfortable and so natural doing it. Same thing, he's a really talented guy. And so anyway, we're, we're I think it's a really good situation that we're in, better than probably I thought it was going to be, you know, and it's like anything else. I mean, there's going to be some adjustments as guys get settled in and but it's it should be a great competition, and I would expect it to go into fall camp. And you know you wanna you wanna have you know two quarterbacks that you feel like you can win with at, at minimum. And I feel like that we've you know if Sam continues to improve the way that he has, and, and I'm hoping that we go into next season with three. They've got a pretty nice weapon in Quinn Johnson. What's it been? You've seen him quite a bit the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what did you think inheriting him, and what do you think he can be? Yeah, you know, I think the great thing about Quentin is, you know, he's been a very productive player. He's made a ton of big plays, and I still think there's a lot of um, room for improvement. You know, I think, you know, just continuing to become more and more consistent, you know, uh, you know, being a guy that the quarterback knows where he's going to be. You know, the funny thing about playing receiver position is it's interesting. People get caught up in so many different things, you know, size and speed and all these things, and really playing receivers pretty simple it's being in the right place at the right time you know and that's really what it is and there's a lot of different ways to get there some guys get there with speed some guys get there with savvy some quickness whatever but you know you just want to have somebody that you can really count on and you know when it's third and five you want to be able to throw the ball to somebody and Quentin needs to be that guy for us and can be that guy you know and and it's like anything else I mean he's still got so much upside he's just really really talented he's got a great work ethic really a fantastic attitude he's a really good leader Leader, you know, he's a guy that's going to just get better and better and better. And I think as uh, as our system gets implemented and when spring ball wraps up, you know, the summer is going to be so important for us. Just the quarterbacks and receivers and those guys continuing to get on the same page and spending a lot of time, you know, throwing and catching balls over the summer. And you know, that way when we pick back up in fall camp, that you know everybody's further along than they are right now. I feel like you get fired up about wide receiver play a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of yeah, it's kind of my kind of my baby, I guess, in a lot of ways. I think TCU for a long time have been known as being at the kind of the defensive forefront. Actually, yeah. slipped a little bit the last couple of years. What did you see in Joe Golubsky or Joe? Sorry, Golubsky yeah. bringing him in. Yeah, um, well, we coached against them, you know, at Tulsa, obviously, and boy, those guys were a pain in the rear. A couple of things really stood out to me uh, about Joe. I mean, I just felt like that every year they were very, very sound defensively. Had answers for you know, you'd go into the to to. Uh, to play those guys and you'd say okay we're going to do this we're going to do that and then they would kind of able to stay one step ahead of everybody you know when you go look at some of the defensive performances they had against big time teams I mean you look at Oklahoma State year in year out they really shut those guys down Ohio State uh, a lot of people that you know they played some really tough non-conference games and man people just didn't move the ball on them you know and um, it's a he knows what he's doing I didn't really know him personally I kind of knew his reputation he had a great reputation in the business and you know when I had a chance to get to know him and spend some time with him you know, I was sold on him very fast. I mean, he just is a, he's a West Texas guy, you know, grew up in Stephenville. I was going to say, he's not very far away from home. No, no, he grew up in Stephenville, and, you know, I think he's just the, the perfect guy. I think he feels the same way about TCU that I do. I think he sees this as a destination job, and it's, um, you know, it's close to home for him, and I think, it, I think this place means a lot to him, you know, that way, and so, 
anyway, it was just a natural, kind of a natural attraction. And I was really glad to, to be able to get him because I think he's, you know, he's done an outstanding job. The other thing he did at Tulsa, too, is, you know, it's difficult to recruit there. And they really recruited some good football players, projected a lot of guys. Um, what they did with DBs is super impressive. Oh, it's really remarkable. Like a four or five year period. Yeah, it's remarkable. And they you know, had all these, the wind recruited all these long guys that were played different positions and played them at DBs and it really developed them. And so, you know, TCU's had a history of developing defensive players and, and you know, we wanted to, you know, continue to, to that tradition. How do you see TCU? Obviously, the Big 12 is going to shift sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, whenever, yeah. Yeah. How, that, that's going to be an interesting topic the next couple of years. Yeah. How do you see TCU fitting in the new look conference and what it could potentially be in the league? Well, I mean, it kind of goes back to what we said earlier. You know, it's just got a lot of potential. You know, we, we've got a. It's like anything else. You've got to. We got to continue to recruit and continue to develop and keep our people here and do all those things. But you know, it, it ought to be a, like I said earlier, a destination job. And you know, I think we can recruit. You know, some of the best college football players in the country here. I mean, I've always believed that, and and I know we can. And there's just so much to sell. And then at that point, you know, again, recruiting is such a big part of it. At that point, you know, we've got to develop them. And, you know, we feel like we've got systems to do that and the right coaches and, you know, the best strength conditioning staff in college football. And so I think because of all that, then, you know, we're very well positioned, you know, to continue to, to have a lot of success in this league. This is your fourth head coaching coach. Mm-hmm. I, most coaches don't even get close to that kind of opportunity. Yeah. And, and not that you have energy. Yeah, yeah. But... You mentioned earlier this is a destination job. What have you kind of taken away from those first three jobs that you feel like you can apply here to make this situation what it can be? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, some of those, when you talk about some of those, a lot of those were kind of, you know, rebuilding things. You know, when when I took the job at La Tech, it was, you know, it was in pretty good shape, but it was really kind of a rebuild. You know, Cal was the same way. I mean, it was kind of a tear it down and rebuild it. And, you know, it's funny, you know, Cal was... You know, at the time, it was really, really hard. But I look back at that, and, you know, really proud of kind of the, the strides we made, you know, because we were so bad early and then, you know, continued to get better every year. And, and anyway, it was, it was um, you know, and then SMU, the thing the thing you want to do is just make sure you get better. You know, this is a little bit different. I don't think this is a tear it down to the studs, rebuild at all. You know, I think that, uh, and again, especially with today's world and the transfer portal and, and all that stuff, I mean, you can get, get the ship riding pretty quickly. And again, it's not like this program had had a ton of success. I mean, they've been, you know, they've been unbelievable around here. I mean, Gary's record speaks for itself, you know, and, and the success he had. But it is, you know, it is challenging anytime you take over something new because there's so much that needs to be done. And, you know, there's there's relationships that have to, to occur and trust that has to happen between coaches and players. And, you know, there's just all these things that, that have to, to take to take place. And sometimes that takes time. And, you know, guys have to learn you know, new systems and new ways of doing things. Things and but but you know I've been really impressed how quickly we've kind of got up and running in terms of you know our strength and conditioning staff did an unbelievable job getting our guys ready for spring ball. Uh, the players have had a great attitude and work ethic and done everything we've asked them to do and, and we're asking them to do things a lot different than they have in the past and they hadn't fought us at all and so that part's been good. You were here before. Do you feel a different kind of energy around here? Um, you know it's hard for me to say. When I was here in 2017, I mean this the, the program was just so good at that point. You know what I mean? And and things were operating so smooth, so smoothly, you know, that it was, you know, just kind of, you know, you kind of came in and everything just ran like clockwork in some ways. So there's a little bit of a, a different energy just because 
it's something that's that's new and something that's different. And um, you know how it is. I mean, I think anytime you're the new coach, everybody wants to get on board and everybody wants to, you know, talk about how different things are or whatever. But, yeah, I mean, look, our guys are – I think our guys – are energized just because it's new and it's a new opportunity for people and, and like I said I've been been really pleased with, with what I've seen from them. Thank you to Sonny Dykes and the TCU communication staff for allowing us to come by campus. If you enjoyed what you heard today please leave us a five-star review. I'll talk to y'all soon. Fantasy Warriors, I'm Heath Cummings, your guide to fantasy dominance on FFT Dynasty. Join me this offseason where mock drafts become epic showdowns and every pick shapes your legacy. If, if I was Adam, with the team that he's built, Will Levis makes so much more sense. And that's not all. We're peeling back the curtain on the future with our exclusive 2024 NFL Draft Prospect Profiles. Uncover hidden gems that'll elevate your roster to legendary status. Puka Nakua. After Cooper Cup, we really have no idea who's going to get the targets. Keaton Mitchell of East Carolina. Explosive speed is ridiculous. This isn't just a podcast. It's a playbook for champions. Subscribe to FFT Dynasty now, and together, we'll conquer the fantasy football frontier. Your dynasty journey starts here.